podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Talking Cup for this Tuesday night and um, we're still in between that christmas no we're not we're gone past the new year but we'll be three in the new year and people going back to work so everyone's still all over the playing shop let's yeah. be honest about it i'm gav that's davo that's keith three topics it's usually done on a monday but it's tuesday so we're going to do it tonight um keith have you had a nice christmas a nice new year and are you back and walk you yeah yeah i was walking over to christmas um a few days but it was handy number you know what i mean a couple of hours a day stevens's day the day um friday and new year's day i was walking but yeah it was grand did you get but double time for that keith i couldn't tell you my secrets <laughs> now gav but yeah yeah there's a bit of that goes on a bit of that schadenfreude um yeah. and with me being a, a team leader i get to pick myself to get the double days you know what i mean ah, so yeah. i'm a bastard like that yeah. i'm a villain you know yeah. what I mean? It must be said. You're not a team but, player. Um, no, not at all. No, no. no. no I'm only messing. No, it's the, gap, um, it's the gaffer. Yeah, 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 just pulling rank. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. But yeah. no, in all seriousness, um, just had to deal with it, but it was grand. But the kids are still off school, so it's still a bit of bedlam. You know what I mean? So back and walk properly today. But even in my job, it's quiet. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people are in the same boat with kids and shit like that. So yeah, let's see how it goes. Mm. Easy peasy, lovely Christmas, lovely break, you know, all that. The usual yeah. sort of stuff. Um, my Christmas decorations are coming down tomorrow because um, of a birthday party on Saturday. So he needs to come down. Zup Dog says, Nice to see our tree is still up. Mrs. starting to give me the, uh, the uh, she's starting to give out to him for not taking it down yet. No, it's Grant. Yeah, mine's still up as well. Davo, did you have a nice Christmas, New Year? Are you back in work? Yeah, we was in Thursday and Friday, Gav, yeah. Thursday, oh, yeah. Friday. Yeah, we were no back, messing. yeah. Yeah, no messing with the posties. Yeah. Thursday, Friday, and then back to, yeah, back now to Now, you look, let's be honest, use cream all the money off the top. Yeah, uh, on the, in December we do, but we get yeah. battered in November, Gav. We get battered by all these fuckers buying their parcels early, we get no overtime for them, but then it kicks into December and we get a few quid, all right. Yeah, but, uh, yeah no, back in Thursday, Friday, and then back to normal today. But, uh, yeah, quit. Yeah. Three-year-older, she's nearly three, so kind of quiet one one kind of big blowout sorry i went out for the arsenal game as well yeah uh, with the lads but they were all ones quiet enough other than that all good yeah, yeah. um <laughs> garmax says keith giving everyone the christmas day and stevens day off when the place is closed um yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the way he sold day. that's the way he sold day. he just went listen you just gonna have the 25th and 26th off no, I mean? 26th is a walking day for us if it's on a weekday so it's only christmas day yeah, yeah the only day of the year my team don't walk as Christmas Day. All right, Jesus, right? <sighs> never, I've never put my CV in there. I'll be honest. Oh, with you. sorry, I should clarify you. <laughs> or Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> so <laughs> any weekday, yeah. even except Christmas Day. Sorry. So right. Stevens Day, New Year's Day. If they fall on a weekday, we have to walk them. Right. Saturday, Sunday, don't touch them. We don't entertain them. Don't, no, no, you don't. Not interested in Saturday and Sunday. No, at all. no, not no. my business. Sure, Sunday's the you know what's it? God's Day. Yeah, it's oh, a day of rest. Day of rest. Day of rest. Yeah. Absolutely. That's it. Anyway, um, I hope I'm glad you all had a good Christmas. I'm glad you had a good New Year. How was yours? Um, mine was great. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, quiet enough, but it was grand seeing loads of family, friends. Yeah, it was good. I'm always walking. You know me. Every day. Ah, uh, yeah. 
Well, no, yeah. well, in fairness, I, I in fairness, I think we've done two shows in about nine, ten days, which was fair. <laughs> um we we covered the football that was on and that was about it. We left it after mm. that, but it was grand. Um right, so three topics we need to be out of here by eleven o'clock because that was to go to work in twenty minutes. Yeah, that's the deal of a Tuesday or a Monday night. Um Davo, I'm going to start with you. What topic would you like to speak about tonight? Uh, do you know what? I was just kind of rambling around today. Obviously, back in work, have you asked me, right, what are you picking? I said, do you know what? I think the standard of the league, because I've been quite impressed with it, and I'm kind of more so, man, kind of the bottom two towards, say, of it. Do you know what I mean? I think there's a lot of teams that have taken points off big boys. Um, there's a lot of teams... Uh, surprisingly enough, no, I, I, I thought, and then up the top, obviously, with, with the likes of ourselves, I think we're on course, maybe for you know, that's yeah, projecting and all that. I think we're on course about 84 points, is it? So, so, yeah, along them lines, yeah. If you if you went right exactly was, the same, we'd be on 84. We went to say we'd be on 84, which is yeah. quite low for a title winning season, say. Um, certainly when you go back over the years, that it was ourselves and City, so yeah, look, look, City of uh. They beat Everton previous games. They they drop points in three games in a row after being after taking the lead and three of them. Uh, you look at Villa who are sitting second. They lost at Forest. They drew a home to Sheffield United after winning what fifteen in a row at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure. Listen, there's there'll be people in the comments throwing in examples of a Luton. They get a point with us. They take Chelsea to the brink. They take Spurs to the war at home. Um, Arsenal to the war at home. Um, Chelsea they, as well. Chelsea, yeah. yeah, Chelsea do that day as well. Like they, they, they really probably should have got something out of that with the with the last half an hour. Um, Borley probably the maybe outlier that haven't haven't really done it. Um, even like I said, even Sheffield, you know, you're going to Villa Park and getting a point. And then look at there's obviously everything have been stronger. Uh, with that, notwithstanding that ten point deduction they got. And look, I think if you look at most of the teams, Brentford have had a poor enough season. But I think if you look at most of the teams, kind of you work from the bottom up. There's certainly somewhere along the lines this season where they've kind of had a standout performance or a, or a standout result. And, uh, yeah, I just think I, I think it's making for an actually a more exciting season. Obviously, West Ham as well, you're on night. Yeah. Uh, so, and, I, and to be honest with you, Gab, I think it's probably the reason that we're sitting top of the league is uh, how well we've disposed of some of the decent sides in the league that have turned up at Anfield. We know Villa are second. That's obviously been a big push. But when we played them, we didn't really know kind of what way they'd, they'd be. We, we top play, we top six, top eight. But you look at Villa, Newcastle have quality, um, West Ham have quality, um, Brighton really are kind of our bogey side of the country. We probably drop points to them at home when we need them again for some fucking Jesus reason we can't beat them. But I think we've I think we've really, really put the hammer on the teams that have decent, might be spending themselves a bit, that are a good side, have good results, and we've swapped them away like Floyd. So... But all in all, I just think the standard of the league this year is is good, kind of from more from the bottom up point kind of work. And as like I said, I think at some point, nearly every team, maybe bar Burnley, could probably look at a standout result or a standout performance. So yeah, that's that's my topic anyway. Is it is it a better standard or is it a more even standard? Do you know what I mean? Like, is it has everyone? Because I don't think everyone's gone up in standard. I think. I think a couple of teams have, for different reasons, have kind of stood still. I think a couple have moved up slightly, and maybe the ones down the bottom are getting because of that. Um, are getting, you know, they're getting more results. 
Like I don't I, like that. Way, are, you, are you saying to me that the overall this quality of the league is better, or is it yeah, the top yeah, well, half I, I, maybe isn't as good as it was, and that's giving yeah, look, the bottom I think, half more of a chance? I think, I think if you look at it, it's being kind of well documented. I think Arsenal were what eight points, or was it more better off this stage last year? I can't remember. So Arsenal have obviously we've been a bit more. So Arsenal look at Arsenal have dropped back, but they had a they had a brilliant start last season. So Arsenal's obviously dropped back down. We've obviously jumped way up. City are probably on a bit of a par. But I'm talking about, in general, Gavas in, I, I think, obviously with the money the Premier League generates, I think the, I think the lesser sides are starting to accumulate some some really good players. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like West Ham won the Conference League. Um, you know, if, listen, if all things being equal, they probably, should, like, they were favourites to win the Europa League the same way we are. Yeah. Um, and I think... I just I, I think the lesser sides are with the money that's available are starting to really like their scouting is in order and they're starting to accumulate some really good players because they can pay the wages. Mm. And good I do managers, actually, yeah. yeah, good managers as well. Yeah, we're getting the best managers in the league and a uh, good point, Keith. And uh, I actually do think the standard is a bit better because I always wondered, Gav, them years that we were going head to head with City, was the league shy or are the two of us just absolutely fucking smashing? Thing and smashing the league, and I didn't really know. It's probably a little bit of both, uh, to be honest with you. The fact that team we were up there getting 97, 98, 99, City got 100 one year. That's when they that, they walked the league that year. What we weren't up against them then, but we often kind of wondered, right, is the league shit or are we just fucking brilliant? And it's probably, probably, there was probably a mixture of both then. I think, um, I actually think the league is, I think the, the lesser sides in the league have, have, uh, have made a jump. I think. Look for me on it. You know, you look, you look at you, Keith mentioned their good manager. Joe mentioned like the standard of players and stuff like that. For me, I think the the big thing about it is, for, for me, is that teams aren't coming in and splashing shitloads of money on players that you know won't be there in a year's time, and they're hoping against hoping. If it goes wrong, they're all over the place. I think there's a lot more structure to what teams are trying to do now. Maybe Forest are the outlier there because they just went mental last season, but I think because they're Teams seem to be building more, if you know what I mean. They seem to be having identity to them, and they, and they try to build more. And I think it is. I think I think City have dropped off a bit. I don't think Arsenal are as good as they were last season. Um, I think Liverpool have, have gone up a, a, a level for me from last season, but that wouldn't have been hard. And they've managed really well with the the whole turnover in players, midfield especially. I think um, Spurs are a bit all over the place. United are all over the fucking place. You know, and but I think that's led to teams... That are lower down the division going, we can have a go against this. You know what I mean? And that's why you're looking at mm. Liverpool are top now with 45 points. Yeah, yeah 45 points. Where, where like when Liverpool won the league, they were top with 58 points Yeah, after 20. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I know that was an extraordinary season, but I just think teams are, yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with you then. The standard has gone up overall. But I think the, 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 the whole thing, that makes it look like it's more competitive and stuff is I think the teams that are probably from eleventh down to sixteenth are probably going could argue that they should be, you know, pushing for seventh, eighth, and ninth. So that leads to a lot of competition in there. Keith, we were talking earlier, um, when I told you what Davos um thing was with regards to the standard league, and you were mentioning to me about the style of play of teams. Yeah. Is that adding to it? Because a lot of teams will come into the league and you go, they can't hold on to the ball. They're playing channels. They're trying to get free kicks. They're doing this. 
But when you watch an awful lot of teams in this league, Keith, they want to play football. Yeah, it's something that's crept in for a few years now, Gav, has been the, the style of play of the, the teams that Davos talking about. You know, the lesser teams, if we want to call them that. Um, and even Burnley, to their detriment, are trying to play football. Do you know what I mean? Like Vincent mm. Company has come in there and they're not veering away from trying to play. Now, it's not working for them. It's 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 going fucking disastrous. But we don't know what their sort of internal thinking is there. Is it, you know, look, we're going to get marmaladed this year. We're going to play the right way. We're going to stick to our principles and we're going to go down and try to bounce back up. But we're going to do it with a new style of play. I don't know. But if you look at the, the thing we said there about the, the standard of players, but also the standard of managers that are in there. Now, look, Unai Emery is an excellent, he's an elite manager and he's gone to Aston Villa and now look at what he's doing there. Where the squad's very similar to what Steven Gerrard had. You know, there's not, there's a few obviously good additions gone in there, but he's dealing with a lot of the lads that, that were there with Gerrard, but he's just an excellent, I think he's brilliant, Unai Emery. Mm. And uh, he's gone in there. Roberto De Zerbi, Brighton are a team that I've looked at for a few years. We've all been watching with interest when Potter was there. And Potter was an intriguing character for me as well as backstory. But the Zerbi came in there and I'm like, I don't know if they can continue this. The top managers in the world are looking at what this fucker is doing. And they're like, these are ridiculous. These are these are doing something knowing they're drawing everyone in on, you know, to press them and they're just playing through presses with with Players like Lewis Duncan, Adam Webster and all that playing at the back and so comfortable on the ball. You know, there's no hoofing. Do you know what I mean? Bournemouth. Bournemouth were struggling at the start. Iroyola comes in. They're all saying, oh, maybe a bit of a step up. Fucking brilliant. Do you know what I mean? So these lower teams, even Thomas Frank at Brentford, right, as Davo touched on, it's not going great for them at the moment. But they have a style. Now, I know Brentford are a little bit more physical, a little bit more direct. But I think it's down to the fact that all these fucking dinosaur coaches are sort of getting ran out of town as well. Mm. Do you know? Like, I know I Hodgson is still there. Younger coaches are coming in with these ideas, even the likes of company. And I think they just want to play football. Do you know what I mean? I don't like... Um, Let's say Roy Hodgson, for example, not Liverpool tinted glasses or whatever. But even Roy Hodgson, like Crystal Palace, I'd never have called them a long ball hit and run team. You know what I mean? They, they played football, they were a decent enough side, you just can't get a tune out of them. But when he goes, like, they're probably going to get someone else in. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's a younger coach. That'll, it could be a Potter or a Cooper or something. Cooper, that was yeah, that's not Cooper good. was a good coach. Was doing a good job at Forest. The expectation got too high there. He got, but then they bring in Nuno Espirito Santo. Do you know, like you're you're attracting in these good coaches that you know at a certain level. So Nuno, for example, goes to Spurs, stinks the gaff out, doing a great job at Wolves. Maybe there's a sort of level of what he mm. can do. And Forest could be it with a good squad of players. I just think the, the what we're seeing is a culmination of a few years of obviously ridiculous money coming into the Premier League. But teams being a bit smarter. So if you're going to hit the panic button on a coach now, you're not calling Sam Allardyce. Do you know what I mean? You're not calling Neil Warnock. You're not calling, well, Sheffield United got fucking wild that back. But even then, when Sheffield United came up a couple of years ago, people were praising the way Wilder played. You know, that it was an innovative overlapping leading centre-back system that they played as well, you know. So I think there's coaches that are, that are going to play... Um, expansive football and i think that's making teams a bit better now i do agree that the standards of the teams at the top man city and liverpool i hear what Dava was saying about where we great it was everyone else shy i think them teams at that time it was ridiculously strong teams that just absolutely took the life out of them 
Do you know what I mean? They took the life out. I think teams. it was two teams that pushed each other to the absolute yeah. max. Oh, mm. and and did that you'll probably never see again because you know when it's City very, can't it, do is, it. Is it is, it's probably easier to make the argument that if someone goes and does a hundred points, and I'm not taking that away from City, although I take most things that City have done away from them for obvious reasons. What I'm saying is, if a team goes and does a hundred points, it's easy to say, "Ah, oh, the league is shy," you yeah. know, because they've done a hundred points. But when you see two teams doing yeah. ninety-eight 98. and ninety-seven, yeah. both yeah. of them have to do it. Do you know exactly, what I mean? Yeah. And like, there's a lesser argument for the league being shy because. Every team has four goals at them. You know what I mean? Rather than just two. I think that's it. Can I ask you something, though? Have the rules and the way the rules are implemented, i.e. the PGMOL, has that changed the way they're playing? Because I think there's a lot of teams out there that would happily sit on the edge of that box for the majority of the game and say, you know what, try break us down. We'll deal with crosses into the box. We'll do this. And now they can't. Because if they sit on the edge of that box, it can hit off them anywhere and all of a sudden they have a penalty and they're goal oh, down. Yeah. Um, offside is so tight and you, you might get away with a couple of calls, but now you won't. Is there is there a thing in the rules now that are making teams come out and play more progressive football? Because be, sitting yeah. in your own box now is just asking for trouble because the rules and the way they're fucking looked upon a lot, some of the times by referees, is there something in that? Possibly. I mean, if you look at the way Manchester United played against Liverpool a couple of weeks ago and every goal kick is short and playing out from the back, you know what I mean? And and that's a mid-table team that are absolute yeah. garbage. Well, Man, I was playing rugby that day, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Touch, yeah. 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 Do you know what I mean? Like, So, you're looking at teams like Manchester United that are playing like that, but the lower teams are doing it as well. And maybe there is something in the fact that, you know, they, they're... VAR and things like that have changed how teams want to play because if you look at and I know it's a different era right but if you go back to Sam Allardyce's Bolton when did Kevin Davis up front are the likes you know what I mean and Kevin Nolan in behind them and Kevin Nolan would be standing in front of goalkeepers on free kicks and all that mm. wouldn't be allowed Kevin Davis is smashing his elbow his elbows must be in bleeding bits now that he's retired well, no, don't know what to be doing with themselves. He was smashing elbows every time he'd go for headers. He wouldn't get away with it now. It's a different time. So the aerial sort of bombardment um, thing is gone now. And it is it is more about playing it along uh, along the deck and playing football. So maybe maybe that is playing into it. But I just think there's an excellent, excellent um, standard in the Premier League. Now, I think the bad teams have, you know... Look, the, the three promoted teams I don't think are great, but they're trying, Luton are trying to put up the teams. Sheffield United, I think they're the worst of them, even though Burnley are down the bottom. Mm. I think they're, you know, they're probably all going to go back down, but you'll probably then get your Leicesters back up, and Leicester will be a decent team. You know, I think the standard is getting better, but I do think the top teams have dropped back. If you look yeah. at last season, the shite that qualifies for the Champions League, Chelsea, Newcastle, oh, sorry, Arsenal, Newcastle, and Man United, they all only got there, even Arsenal, and I don't give a shit, because Liverpool fell off a cliff last year. Do you know what I mean? If Liverpool don't fall off a cliff last year, the year before that, we're going for a, tre- a quadruple on the last fucking week of the season. Do you know what I mean? Like, the push was so high. And then we fall away, and they got a false dawn. You look at Newcastle now, they can barely fucking run because they can't handle three games a week. You know what I mean? So they jumped quicker into where they wanted to be and it's at that backfiring on them. United, false dawn, everyone's saying about Ten Hag and he's this and he's, he's fucking terrible. And they're now sort of falling back to where they really are, in my opinion. Do you know what I mean? They were never a top four team. Do 
you know, right, they got there. So technically, right, they were in the top 14. Yeah. But they only got there because of the fall off. So, you know, I think you're saying Liverpool will jump back up there. Arsenal, I'm not saying they're a bad team. I'm just saying they are, they want, in my mind, they were never going to challenge City. They were always going to lose it and lose it badly, which turned out to be the case. I just think that those teams there now, with the fact that United and Chelsea have gone down the fucking, fallen through the floor, Spores are different now, and the new coach will have them. You know, when the players come back, they might be a bit more of a threat. But there's opportunities for teams now to get not just into the top six, but into the top four. And I think that's pushing them on, and it's making them. You know, the likes of Villa, they've got very rich owners. They're not afraid to spend a few quid. They might look at January and say, "Right, we might bring in two players here to help push us." Yeah. You know, and get them over the line. And and I just think there's a, you know, that there's, there's opportunities for the middle teams to push for the top four and then for the lower teams like I said Bournemouth were dead and buried about nine games into the season they've gone on seven or eight wins in a row and all of a sudden they're mid-table so yeah but that was a great great move to stick with him Keith because he was under pressure he was yeah he really was he's after after turning around you look at O'Neill Wolves the job he's the only screwed with decisions that poor football yeah would he give him more time would he give him more time though that will because of the perceived Quality of the likes of Luton, Sheffield United, Burnley, where you know you, we don't uh, really need to pull the trigger here because we feel these yeah, three possibly, are championship yeah, standards, so we get it right at some stage. Yeah, and and look, like <coughs> there's no point, there's no point in you bringing in the likes of Iriola, and then after fucking nine games gone, we're giving them the bullet because we're getting yeah. fucking like we're getting jittery. You know what I mean? That's kind of a palace fucking thing to do, which is why yeah. Hodgson is back in there. Yeah. But they have a bit of foresight, so and I think Keith is spot on about. I think the standard of coaching is is second to none like you're talking like even we, we've spoke regular about everything gaff they look like they're a, a sean Dyes coach team now listen yeah. that's not going to be great on the eye but i've already seen ever the fans was going look at the players know what they're doing the fans know what way the game is going to go we'll give the other team the ball can you break us down a lot of teams can't and everton have a bit of quality when they they break and get up the pitch i listened to uh that Soy Ferry podcast on the Scottish football. He he was actually made a, a very interesting point when I said it. he said he played at Lewis Dunk in League One and League Two and said all he did was smash the ball fucking 70 yards yeah. every time he got it. Every single time the ball was out of feet, yeah. he launched at 70 yards. And he says, Look at him now, coaching, yeah. playing out from the back, coached yeah. under Potter, uh, now with the Zerbi and um and the standard that's that's the, the the level he's gone up to. I think he's in England the national, is he? He's been captain yeah. going, hasn't he? He has, yeah. So I think that the standard of coaching, be it look, I know a lot of it is uh style looking to be easy on the eye, but even when you look at the likes of Allardyce there, like or sorry, not Allardyce, Deutsch, he knows what he's doing. That's like he, he does know what he's doing, he can get a team right. And I think the I think the the I think mainly a lot of the teams as you as you, you go up ironically enough, I think Ten Hag is probably been the worst performing manager of the season, mm. really. Um, he's there eight day months. There's yeah, no coin. There's, no yeah. there's no style. It's more for the fact, Gav. Listen, them players are scumbags. They've thrown a couple of managers under the bus already. They'll do it again to him. But for him to be there eight day months, them have no real no style of football. Looks, looks no identity. Looks crazy. Looks, looks absolutely disgraceful on him. I think. And again, I'm yeah. not giving the players a pass. They're, yeah. they're a disgraceful group. But yeah. like for him, but he's okay. He a lot be, of them, you see. Yeah, but he, he should be in there put, hit, putting his own stamp on it. And if it's going bad, at least have a fucking going bad your way. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, it's, but, it's the, just, it's, but the thing it's is, like that the was, like, all over again. 
Yeah, they, they've, they've no identity to what they're doing. They've no plan to what they're doing. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, he signed an awful lot of them players. You have your man Sancho. Looks like he might be going back to Borussia Dortmund. I read there earlier. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of them players he signed. You know, and he's given new mm. contracts, and then he's tried to get rid of and brought back. Ah, well, listen, you know, the team's right. now, you're, you're hearing you're hearing an awful lot about United, and yeah. oh, your man's coming in, and he's he's putting in this amount of money. Then he's putting another three hundred million on top of it to buy players, and but at the same time. You're hearing, no, they won't be spending the wages. And I'm kind of going, well, what the fuck's the 300 million for? Do you yeah. know what I mean? But that's all over the place. There's stuff going around today now about Forest possibly FFP breaches. And they're waiting to hear on that. And possibly Everton were a second FFP breach as well. Um, and I, think that's, that, I, think, I think Everton has been knocked on the head by a kind of financial fella who's going to be in the now with the Everton. All right, okay. Now I was, just, I was just reading there. Oh, well, listen, I was saying that myself. And then uh, if there's, a, there's a Man City kind of guy I follow. And he just quote he quote tweeted saying now I'm after speaking to this fella and he he doesn't think it's everything so I, I, yeah. I don't know okay. who else it's been. But they are like you see you see how badly it can go when teams get mm. into that sort of trouble and but for the majority I think they have a plan and even down to Sheffield United you know, their plan is to come up get as much money as they can and go back mm. down that that's just mm. a plan you have to live with it. Um, let's move on because we're half an hour in and we've only half an hour left and we've only done one subject. <laughs> uh, Keith, talk to me. Darwin Nunes, you want to talk about? I want to talk about Darwin Nunes. Um, I obviously we all we all watched the game last night, and you know one of the the things that comes out of it is that Darwin Nunes missed another one v one that he should really be scoring. And and if I had hair, I'd be starting to pull my hair out at Darwin at this stage with these misses, the the one on one misses. But everything else about Darwin Nunes' game is just off the fucking scale at the moment. If he could only put the ball in a little bit more than he is, he would be phenomenal. He's going, he's getting a hard time off Liverpool fans, which is fair enough. People can have their own opinions and what have you. But the reaction that he gets off the media and of other fans, you know, I think is absolutely fucking bizarre. You know, they, they talk about his goal um, return. Doesn't get near penalties. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's only got a few goals. He's missing a lot of big chances. But what he's doing on the pitch, last night I thought he was absolute dynamite. He terrorised him. And I, I loved when Jorgen Klopp came out at the end of the game. And when he was asked by our, um, I don't know who the girl was, uh, report, um, interviewing him at the end about, oh, worried about Darwin Nunes. And he's sort of like, worried about what? You know, and he's sort of saying, like, Darwin Nunes, absolutely. Ask them laden, um Newcastle defenders what they thought of Darwin Nunes because the two centre-backs were just stuck on him like fucking glue. And he couldn't leave him alone. I think you're looking at a player there who people are seeing in the chat talking about selling Darwin Nunes. I don't think Liverpool are going to be selling Darwin Nunes. I think they're just going to put that faith in him that everything is coming together. The improvements on him from last season with his all-around game, I think, are huge. His pressing, his teamwork, his passing. Absolutely huge. His decision-making is a bit poor in front of goal when he has time to think. But if you look at the goals he scored, when he doesn't really have time to think, you know, the instinctive ones, the the one against, uh, two against Newcastle, the one against Bournemouth in the Cup, the one against Burnley the other day, you know, and then the ones that are getting fired across at him. I don't think Forest. he gets a fair... Forrest, yeah. Mm. Um, I don't think he gets a fair crack of the whip when it comes to, you know, this... The, the judgment that he gets. I've seen Erling Haaland from Man City miss absolute fucking sitters in front of goal with no pressure, hitting them over, hitting them wide, right? No one mentions it because he scores a lot of goals. Fair enough, that's what he's there to do, right? 
Mo Salah, Mo Salah misses a blade. Reagan and Darwin hit the post there last week, came out to Salah and he hopped one over the bar with no one in goal. You know what I mean? No one says that. Nunes misses them and he gets absolute blade and terrorized. So I just think it's a bit unfair the way he gets treated. I just think he's he's a player. And look, I like Nunes, so I'm obviously going to be defending him. But I will say that he's doing me head in with the misses because he can't keep missing these easy chances because that's all that will be spoken about. You know, I was at the Fulham game a few weeks ago, 4-3 game, and he was blading deadly in that as well. He was running them, he was legging them all over the place. He hit, hit the, the first bar, bar mm. yeah. And and people are like, oh, no composure. Like, that was a quick fucking break. He smashed mm. it, hit the crossbar. But he got one where they got nodded in in front of the goal and he mishit it. And it's like, oh, Darwin. There's always a, oh, for fuck's sake, Darwin moment. Yeah, where, you know what I mean? That you just can't, <laughs> you can defend them. But people will always have the ammunition. Like, oh, what about that one? But like I said, last night I thought he was unbelievable. I think he's... I, I think he's just playing well his all-around game and I think it's going to go right from I think it's going to I think it's only a matter of time you know what like for example I think he has what does he have eight goals or something this season I couldn't tell you what he has he's, he's, he's all his assists yeah, for he's, Salah he's eight, he's eight and eight in all competitions Keith. yeah, yeah he's got he's eight, eight yeah eight goals in all comps I don't know what a fair sort of goal of time will be I mean eight if goals he gets, eight assists is that right yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, which is he got fifteen. Yeah. He got he got fifteen in our competitions last year. Yeah. Like you know, I think if he gets that again this year, but he's assisting a lot more. You know, I don't know. I just think the the success will be. You know, if Liverpool can win a league, I know it's a bit early to talk about that, but you know, if Liverpool can win a league and Darwin Nunes chips in with fifteen goals, you know, it'll build on 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 what was it a start? You know what I mean? He's still on young, well, relatively young doesn't speak the language fully yet but he just looks to me like a player who's integrated in the team who the team love who Klopp loves and to me it's a matter of time before that just kicks off for him but you know it is getting a bit too much trying to defend the, the shit that he's missing but uh, everything else about him just absolute gangbusters I love well, watching him well, when you watched him last season you know it was always like he's mayhem he's this he's fucking all <laughs> and he was because he wasn't influencing games in a, in a, or he wasn't influencing his position enough. You know, he was doing some mad stuff every now and then. He was getting the odd goal, and people were like, this fella's mad. He was taking shots from, you know, balls were dropping over his shoulder. He was just hitting them. He was doing, and you're kind of going, yeah, he's 15, 16 goals in all competitions last season, but he needs to do more. And I think, like, I keep going back to it. Klopp basically comes out and tells you that in the summer. He says, Darwin's not starting because we're still trying to get him into what we need him to do off the ball and that's not only when we don't have the ball it's when we do have the ball when we have the ball you'll have to make some runs here to pull people away and stuff like that and it's interesting you say it because i it, it, i thought it was quite telling last night that the two center backs seem to be watching them all the time both of them it wasn't like here you watch him and i watch yeah. this fella they were both at the line them and i think his overall game has improved massively this season but the goal return's gone the other way you know now he's eight goals right you probably should have more. Absolutely, you should have more. And But my my big thing on Darwin Nunes is, and look, I could be completely wrong on this, I think there's something there. I think there's something major there with Darwin Nunes that he can become a fucking serious goal scorer for Liverpool. But I think oh, he man. needs to become comfortable in his own head that I'm doing everything right in the build-up. I just need to literally differentiate the build-up from the goal scorer. You know what I mean? Like, it's nearly like, oh, oh, oh yeah, I, I need to be in this position. And now I have to score. Whereas 
he'll just naturally just end up in these positions and he'll naturally just score. Now, the keeper has the game of his life last night. Let's not be fucking... Let's not beat around the bush. It's not like the keeper's standing there and he's just whacking balls over the bar yeah. and wide and stuff like that. But, the, but I get people's frustrations because, look, if we're in a title race going down the stretch here with fucking six, eight games left and Darwin Nunes is missing chances like that and we're fucking... You know, edging games barely. One will catch up with you and you go, for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? He missed three there again today. The one-on-one he should score. The other ones, are some of them are difficult. Some of them are just great saves. The one where he slides in, second half. Um, it's a great save. It's yeah, a fucking brilliant save. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think, I think, and look, maybe me just getting older, I have more patience with players, but it's not like I'm looking at a player going, he is fucking brutal. We've signed, I don't care if we sign him for 5 million or 85 million, he's fucking brutal. He's not running, he's not moving, he's not linking, he's not getting shots away, he's not getting in positions, he's not doing that. He's doing all of it. It's just yeah. sometimes that ball needs to go in the net. And I've said it before, and I'll keep, I'll stay on it, he needs a couple of real strikers' goals. He needs the one like that with the, where the Bravica saves to just bobble mm-hmm. in. He needs a couple where he slides in at the back post. And I think it'll start to marry very quickly that I'm involved in all this stuff in these two towards of the pitch or this part of the pitch, and then my job is to go and score. And not think about it. I think he thinks too much. He needs um, a gag goal like last night. Yeah, that's fucking what he Off the bottom of his studs. That's fucking, what he No right for the fucking thing to bounce in and it just it just drops in. I think, I just kind of have a feeling on him and I don't know if he's picked up in the last night. Uh, right, Neville kind of started off kind of kind and then when Darwin gets taken off, you can kind of hear it in Neville's voice. He was disappointed he was going off because he was enjoying yeah. watching him. But I felt... Um, Listen, Keith was spot on. I think I actually think Cher kind of passed him on to Botman a good bit going, I don't want yeah. to hear this. Can't you deal with him? And I think yeah. Botman for this one of I think was that Botman's first game back? It was one, one of them anyway. Yeah. And he, he was coming off there going, Fuck me, he's after running yeah. me fucking ragged. Like yeah. I think the frustrating thing is probably the offsides. Um yeah. he makes a great run the second half where he, he covers his run and gets in. He needs to do that a little bit more. The one in the first half, we know it's only there's only a gear here in it, like, but he's like he's, he's born off. So I think a lot of a lot of the commentary on him now, you're, you're reading is kind of is the offsides. But I kind of felt last night in particular, um, I don't know what you think. Like Neville was saying in commentary, the goal is coming, the goal is coming, the goal is coming, and I think a lot of that is down to how Nunes plays. I think right, he misses the one on one. I've an awful feeling if he had to put it in. With his look, the ref would have pulled the back for the fucking push yeah. count. Uh, you're after pushing Batman, but look, we'll never know that. But I just think the momentum he brings with like being relentlessly pressing, yeah. creating chances, yeah, missing chances. We we can't deny he's missing chances. I think that that all like it all helps. It all leads to like keeping the pressure on the team. Newcastle couldn't get out last night. Neville was saying you can feel it in the crowd. The goal is coming. They can't fucking get out. And I just think I think he's a huge part of that. Carragher mentioned it after the game. Would Gakpo got them chances that Nunes got? Probably not. But no. Nunes didn't score them. Right. So that's you're obviously in a catch twenty two then where look at yeah, like I love him. I love him to bits. And I'm kind of exactly with Keith. My brother's kind of the same, loves him to bits, but he was like at some point you can't keep defending missing them opportunities. But yeah. I, I listen, he's he's still a starter for me in that team. Obviously with Mao uh, going off, he's probably he probably is going to start more games. Obviously, he'd be taken out for a rest or a break um, every now and again, but he's still a starter. He keeps getting in there. I know everyone keeps saying it. it's that old thing. I only worry about Jeff Stroiko when he's not getting in there to miss yeah. them. He's still getting in there. 
he's given the fenders a fucking nightmare. And listen, I'm I'm all for them. If you if uh, how people weren't expecting one of us to disagree and say he's shit getting out the dogs, I think the three the three of us are in the same boat here, Gav. No, no, I think like. Look, I have seen, I've seen, I've seen people on social media stuff going, "Oh, he's not good enough. You, he'd never be good enough. Get rid of him." And I'm like, "Get rid of him for who? Like, mm. like, let's take what you're saying literally here. If you're on social media saying get rid of him, you want to sell Darwin Nunes this week and sign somebody else, and you're in a title race. It's bonkers, right? And I'm sure if you said to Mo Salah, hey, well, what's start with Darwin Nunes? Fucking great. He's at the, he's at the lane about nine on the bleeding play for mm. me." This season, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, mm. And he runs his bollocks off. I'm doing less running because he's chasing fucking everything. Do you know what I mean? Or if you said to Lewis Diaz, "What's the story with that?" Well, I'm fucking. He came in and I was up the wall with things going on, and he went in and played down the left, fair fucking play to him. You know what I mean? And I'm not. I'm not suggesting for for a second that he's perfect. I'm not suggesting for a second that you know he he's fulfilled probably his potential. I don't think he has. But all I see with Darwin Nunes is, for me, he's just morphing into, he's still morphing into a Liverpool player for me. And separating the whole build-up and where I'm meant to be and the runs I'm making into the actual finishing, I think, is where he, is, is where he's having his issue. Like, you know, he talks about the instinctive stuff. The one against Burnley, Gakpo just puts it down and he just goes, fuck yeah. you, and just bends it in the bottom corner. No problem to him. No problem to him. The one against Bournemouth takes a bad touch, although it's in a hurricane. But he takes a bad touch. Crowd are having a great laugh. He just comes inside, comes inside, and smacks it in the top corner. Fuck you. You know yeah, what I mean? The, even even the sorry guy for cutting across. It was the West Ham one that McAllister clips that lovely ball in. He just has that little dinked depth volley over Villa, Ariola. Yeah. Villa was it? Villa West Ham. I don't. I can't remember which game. Might have been Villa. I think. I think it yeah, Villa. it might have been Villa. Yeah, and like a, 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 a lovely ball, McAllister, and like that's a fucking like. That's a hard, hard, hard finish yeah, yeah. to control that but against you know, Martinez, one of the best keepers in the world. Yeah. Like but you see, the thing is, people say, look, when he has time to think, he's not as good. And I, I don't go along with that argument because he has loads of time to think away at Newcastle twice. Mm. And the first one, he rattles in off the fucking, basically off the post. Mm. And the second one, he just, the keeper's going one way and he smashes it into the side net. You know what I mean? Both brilliant finishes. I think what happens is, I'd... I actually think when he's when he's too much time or people think he's too much time, I think he rushes himself. Mm. Whereas if you give him two seconds, he's only taking one second and going yeah. to do it. Where he should probably just be taking 1.5, 1.8 seconds and just going, slow it down that extra half second and settle himself and put it away. So it's not actually one where oh, he's too much time to think he's not good. That's not true. But no. I think sometimes what happens is he just actually doesn't take enough time and it's kind of a bit rash at it. And when I'm watching him missing these chances, I'm kind of going, do you know what? He scores that last year. I think he scores it because part of me thinks when he's going in the box, he's half thinking to himself, am I in the right position here? Because all in his head is all about tactics and movement. Oi, 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 seen it written somewhere, and it could have been so major like me on Twitter, or it could have been a pundit if, if, if sent that forward. But oi, oi, seen it written somewhere, talking about him, just going, do you know what you should start doing? Aim for the goalkeeper. Yeah. Aim for the keeper. And aim for the keeper and, and get a good strike and see where it ends up. As yeah. in, like he'll come off one side, yeah, full problem. Yeah, but he's but he's in the, he's in the he's in the zone now where Davo if he aims for the keeper and hits the keeper, it's yeah. like oh there he is, oh, no, no look, composure. Get you. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like he's yeah, he's actually you, in that yeah. boat where wherever whatever way he misses, it's it, they're finding an angle on him. If you get me, mm. um, but look, <laughs> he's gonna play more. He's gonna be even more kind of just to know, fi- just to finish on Gav. I think with the. I think with the manager support, I think it'll turn him. If he's a manager like Klopp there, 
who looks like he's he's all in with him and all that. I don't have any concerns. I think it'll turn. Yeah, and I think <coughs> I think he's a bang on both. Just saying it like he keeps getting into positions. You know, Head so if they, if they if they if they're going to Darwin in a position, you're going into this position, the same position, three games in a row, and this is what you're doing. Right, this is what you need to do. You know, because you're mm. talking about defenders like Lewis don't being coached. Forwards mm. need to be coached. Yeah. Finishing yeah. different things, knowing where you are, you know, instead of rattling it, just put your fucking side for it. You know, they need to be coached as well. And he's still young, so I still have an awful lot of hope for Darwin Nunes. Um and I still feel if he taps a few in at the back post or slides across a defender and gets one in, I think he kinda of go, Yeah, now we're in. And I think yeah. and look, <clears throat> you have to give him time. You know, you have to give them all time. They're all, they're all, for me. You know, looking around them, new midfielders beside them. Diaz has a new left back beside him. I don't think it's well stuff that's gone on with Diaz hasn't helped them anyway. Injury and family and stuff like that. But I think last night you've seen it. I, I think he'd actually. I yeah. think in last night, I think he had way more confidence in what Joe Gomez was up to last night than in previous yeah. games with say Simicas because he knew this is what Joe Gomez is going to do, and I can go and do the business. You know what I mean? Same with Robertson when Robertson's there, but mm. they're all they're all kind of you know just getting used to what they're doing, and, and that they've been brilliant for for that. They've been brilliant at the top. They've been brilliant, but um, look, just leave him alone for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? Leave him alone, right? Stop him. Or get me mad after you. I don't know. I don't know what what we're meant to do here, but um, I think Darren would be absolutely fine, and I I'd love him to come out while Salah's away and just bang in every game. A goal every fucking game and go yeah this is I'm 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 flying here because defenders are terrified of them. They're, mm. they're they're terrified of the power of the pace um they're afraid to give him chances because like if you keep giving them to him he's gonna start scoring just the way it goes I'd love to go on a, a real red hot streak though you know ten and ten and see where we are before we go on to mine and we finish up you can probably see on the screen and if you're listening later or tomorrow um, you can't but on the screen it says here air 2024 fundraiser link in the description you can see a logo there for the lighthouse and you can see a logo there for fan support and fuel banks so as we do um nearly every year at this stage um we do a fundraiser or a charity fundraiser over about six months usually january to june because we usually get the job done in that time um, we've done it for, you know, we've done it for, we've done it for kids in need of life change and kind of um, operations. We've done it for bereaved parents. We've done it for breast cancer. We've done it for loads and loads of stuff. Um, and we wanted to do something around food banks and, and homelessness and, and different things like that this year. But we wanted to split it. Um, we are a Liverpool podcast. We're based in Dublin. So we came up with the idea of splitting it between Dublin and Liverpool. All right. Um, the first logo you can see there is the Lighthouse. The Lighthouse is a place on Pier Street in Dublin City Centre. Um, and basically what the Lighthouse does is it provides food for the homeless and um, services to homeless people and people that are struggling to make ends meet. So it's a cafe. Keith, you know it. You know it's down mm. there on yeah, Pear Street. Um, people that I do know um, volunteer in there and, and give their time up in there a couple of times a month. Um, they are registered as as a, a charitable, uh, you know, charitable organisation. But this cafe is basically opened s- certain hours of the week to allow homeless people to come in out of fucking cold, out of rain, get a hot meal. You know, maybe I have to go and have a bleeding wash, whatever it might be. Um, you know, talk to someone. They might have things in their mind. People that people that genuinely are living 
somewhere but don't have the money for food can go in here and the whole idea behind us helping this this organization is that this cafe can open for more and more hours they're trying to open it on saturday evenings, sunday evenings they're trying their best to get us open as much as they can but it's all on a voluntary basis so that's the first place we're helping the second place fan support and field banks if you're a liverpool fan and you've been to anfield if you've seen footage of anfield you will know who these are um this this is really good because it's both Everton and Liverpool fans in the sea that go to the grounds on match days and do everything outside of match days as well to help people in Liverpool again that are struggling to make ends meet need to put food on the table for their kids. Um, they're, they're brilliant at what they do. Um, if you like, if if you've ever gone walk past Anfield, I know Keith were there recently, and your son went to the local yeah, yeah. local shops and, and bought stuff That's and donated me. it. So they always had their vans outside, usually down by the. Um, Paisley Gates, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and they'd have the vans there. You can go down with perishable fields, wherever it might be. You can donate to them and stuff like that. They're our second partner in this. So we have set a, a target on GoFundMe of €10,000, which will be split evenly, 5000 and 5000 to both these organisations, which will help homeless people. Um, it will help people that are struggling to make ends meet. People, people that are hungry because... Let's be honest, the cost of living just keeps going up and up and up. And let's be fair, your governments on both sides of the water are fucking terrible at helping people that are making, struggling to make ends meet. And what I mean by that is there's people out there that are walking, like mm. literally walking, yeah. right, from one end of the week to do that. And because of rent and the stuff that goes on with landlords and, and all sorts of stuff, they struggle with what they're trying to do. And these two organisations help them in slightly different ways, but they absolutely are out there to help people. They're out there giving their time. Um, they, you know, literally giving up their own time to go and help others. So we'd like to help them. So that we're looking at um, 10,000 euros. If we go above that, great. We're just splitting it 50-50. Now, the GoFundMe is in the description. It is there. You can click on it. You can donate. Brilliant. Okay. We're going to do a golf day. We always do a golf day. We're going to sort that out as well. People can sponsor that by sponsoring holes, long drives, nearest the pins, prizes on the day for raffles and stuff like that. We're going to bring that out in the next week or two with all the details. There won't be people out there that want to play the golf. The, the numbers do be limited, but if you want to play it or you want to come and have the night out with us or whatever it might be, you're more than welcome to do that. So that is ours for the next six months. And as I always say, or we always say, when we start, we're not going to stop until we get to this. So if it takes me 12 months or Keith or Davo or anybody else in this podcast 12 months to come on here fucking 10 times a week because that's how much we're on um, at this stage and say to you, listen, the GoFundMe link is there, fan support, field banks and the lighthouse. Listen, that's what we're going to do. We're not going to shut up and we're not going to apologize for it. We're just not. You know what I mean? Torn off if you don't want to listen to us doing it. But we think it's a good cause. We think we can make the 10 grand. We think we can do a good golf day with a good night out. Um, and all these proceeds going to two really, really good organisations. Keith, we're doing it again. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? You love a good... We always have to crack, day. don't we? Yeah, look, at, it sort of always culminates in the golf day. And we've all been there and people who've been there at the day they love it. You know what I mean? It's great. It's brilliant. But mm. it's something that, you know, I'm not saying we're not looking to looking for pats on the back for doing this sort of stuff. But I, I always say, right, if you have a platform that you can do anything decent with, do something decent with it. Do you know what I mean? And it's something that this channel 
and you've been the the pusher of this, Gav. You know, the the things like this are what make a great. You know what I mean? Like trying to help people. Even the likes of these charities, we as you said, we've done a lot of different stuff. But these charities here, people that are hungry in this day and age, fucking help them any way we can. So yeah. I love, I love being involved in the channel for things like this. I love that we do our best to try and help. You know, we don't think we're changing the world. Don't get me wrong, but any small bit we can do to help. You know what I mean? Football is football. It's great crack, and I've seen Arsenal fan for life in there saying, "Well done, great charities." You know, football and rivalries and all that. Look, you can have a bit of crack about that, but ultimately, and it's what annoys me about the shit that Liverpool get, to be honest, but, you know, that's, that's what I'm not You see, people, like, people say to me, how how can you support, like, listen, you can donate, right, but let me let me put two scenarios at you, and, and I think they're both fair. If you're walking down past Anfield on a match day, right, and you see the field, you know, the field, uh, fan support on field banks, and you go, oh, Jesus, you know, I should really get something for them. If you've ever thought, I should have got a few things for them, right? Um, now you can do it. Now you can just donate into this and you know they're going to get the money. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if, you're, if you've never been to Anfield and it's your lifelong ambition to go to Anfield and you've seen footage of these, because you definitely have seen footage of these people outside the ground doing this, again, giving up their time to collect. Now's your chance to go, I'm not at Anfield this weekend, but I know them vans are there, so I'm going to donate a fiver into this because I know the lads at Talking Cop are going to get this to them lads, right? On the other hand, you have the lighthouse where, you know, you see your homeless people out there and let us I'm going to be deadly honest with you. When you walk down the street and you see a fellow with a cup in his hand or a girl, half, half of your mind thinks, are they on the bleeding? Are they messing? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Are they on a stroke here, are they actually homeless, are they going to just spend it on drink, are they going to just spend it on drugs, you, um, a lot of people won't give the money because of that, I know that for a fact, and I've been in that position, where I look at a fella, and you know, he's just going to go in and buy the nagging of vodka, right, now, with the lighthouse, if, you, if you're walking down the street, and you think, I should have given that fella a fiver, or that girl a fiver, or I should have done that, you can do it now, you can donate to us because half, if you give a fiver, half of it is going to fan support and food banks, right? And half it's going to the lighthouse. And it's not being spent on drink or drugs or anything like that. It's going into putting hot food, you know, hot food on plates for people. And I think that's where, is where it may. Kev always and says, I think another thing. Fivers and tenors of what you get. Yeah. There. It absolutely is. You know Another I mean? thing, Gav, sometimes people don't carry cash, you know what I mean? And I've often been in a situation yeah. where I've seen people that look genuinely, you know, hungry and you just don't have money, you know what I mean, to give them. So this is just an alternative way if if, if it's something you're interested in doing. Hmm. Well, look, I'm giving, I'm giving a shout out now because I have a The golf day can be, like Davo will tell you, the golf day can be, it's a brilliant day. Don't get me wrong. Brilliant. Everyone else has a bit of crack, has a few points after, a bit of food, goes out that night. Few few jars. There was a draw last year, a bit of entertainment. It was great, um. But sometimes it can be difficult. Players can go. I'm not sure on that date. Now I'm going to give the date as quick as I can. It's going to be early June, I'd say. Right, it usually is. I'm going to try bring it forward a week as opposed to what we done last year, um. But I'm going to give everyone the shout now. If you want to play that golf, right, or you want to be there on the day, or you want to be there in the night. Email us at talkingcop, uh, talkingcop1, I think it is, at gmail.com. Talkingcop1 at gmail.com. Um, and let me know that you, you can kind of register your interest because players that played last year will be contacted for this year. It's the easiest way to get players starting. But if you want, I'm letting you know now, if you want to be involved, 
throw it in there. The way we're going to do it this year is because I think that the interest might go up this year. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to literally put out the price for the team and you send your money in and you send your four players' names in. And that's how, it, how it's going to go because I think this interest might, might go up a little bit this year. But if you want to come along and help on the day, if you want to come and fucking, you know, just come for a few drinks, if you want to bring prizes, you want to donate prizes, even if you want to donate a prize but you don't want to buy it, but you want to say there's 50, buy something, we'll buy it and we'll send you the receipt for it. You know, we, we've no problem doing that. I've no problem because Keith, Shawnee, Davo, whoever, if I rang them and said, listen, will you drop into such and such a shop and grab me that, they would. Do you know the sort of way somewhere? Um... So that's where we are. There's loads of opportunity to to help here, donate, take part. So I'm letting you all know now. You can email us, talkingcop1 at gmail.com if you want to register and interest in the golf, whether that's playing or just being there or helping or whatever it might be. I'm giving you the head start now before I even go and confirm the date, okay? Um, but it will be probably the fourth Friday in June. That's right now, that's what I'm saying. It may change. Um, but look, it starts now. It's up there. The donations will start coming in because I'm going to hammer everybody with the link now over the next couple of days. Tomorrow we'll, it will go across our social medias with both parties being tagged in this sort of stuff and you'll see it across all our social media. So there you go. Um, that's where we are with that. And the six months or the five months or whatever it means starts right now. Anyway, can I talk about pundits and their eyes? Let's go. Yeah, just quickly before we go because I know Davo has to go. <laughs> My one this week is, and I, you know me on pundits, but why are people just refusing to use their eyes? Like they're genuinely not, refu- they're just not using their eyes anymore. They're, they're, they're watching something, they're not watching what's actually happening, and they're just making an argument about it there and then, and they're throwing it out there, and then the masses turn around and go, oh yeah, and they just, everyone gives that opinion as the same. I seen it after the Jota thing last night. Like, Shira and Ian Roy. The nerve of them to come out and say what they said last night on social media with regards to Diogo Jota. The absolute fucking nerve of them. And both of them, I would I would hasten to, to add, are probably ones that would call Harry Kane clever in the last couple of years or um, about things he's done, right? Like, Keith, am I going fucking mad here? Because I'm genuinely watching this last night and Neville's like, no contact, oh, hold on, that might be. Um, but, 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 but. the end of the day, take the Jota one, for instance, right? He's fouled. He's fouled. He goes down. Do you think if you think Diogo Jota doesn't want to round that keeper and score, you're mad. If you think yeah. Diogo Jota is going past him, going, I'm going to jump the ground here so Mo Salah can get a chance to redeem himself, you're mad, <laughs> right? And my other question is, if he goes by him and misses, are we pulling the back for a penalty because it's a foul? See, oh, this is the problem. But this, but all we're getting, all we're getting is, oh, that's soft. Look at this. They're doing this. This is this. And these are fucking former footballers doing this. They're not using yeah. their eyes anymore. They're just narrative-based bullshit. And it's doing me head in. Well, you've got players like Alan Shearer who fucking has died for many a penalty on his day. You know, and Ian Roy. And every player, by the way, who does. You know, Gary Neville. I had to turn him off and ended up listening to Martin Tyler on the thing last night just because I can't listen to Gary Neville now I'm at that stage where I'm people are looking at this so Diogo Jota right goes through what a ball by McAllister by the yeah. way just seeing a video of that from the behind angle fucking outrageous goes around did the I've had great fun with Newcastle fans all evening about this what striker goes around the keeper has an open goal and, and jumps on the ground 
dives for a penalty. Giving up a goal, and he's not in the starting team either, by the way. So he's coming off the bench. He's coming back from injury. He's giving up a goal, and also a goal bonus. Probably, I don't know how much they're playing. Huge. Probably 50 grand. Do you know what I mean? Like, to go for a penalty. For a player who missed the penalty earlier. Right, doesn't mean he's going to miss this one, but yeah. no fucking guarantee. What forward would do that? None. Absolutely none. There's not a single forward. And I've seen people arguing that, oh, the, the players were on the line. It wasn't a clear goal scoring opportunity. The players the weren't on reason, the line. The only reason they even got back is because the keeper clips his fucking heels and he slows him down and loses his momentum. Yeah. Now, he takes an extra step. That's fine. He takes an extra step. But you can see the close-up of the Bravka's elbow hits him on the ankle. And the Bravka's actually ankle. quoted as saying, I did clip him, it's a penalty. Well, yeah, but they're arguing, saying he's saying, not saying it should be a penalty, but that I gave a penalty, so there's no point moaning about. Look, he fucking fouled him. It's a foul, it's a penalty. If he stays on his feet and misses, it's not getting called back, right? That's not getting called back for a penalty, and it should be, because he was taken out. He, the, the Bravka, soft or not, the contact not being hard, he denied a clear, the clearest goal-scoring opportunity you'll ever see, an open fucking goal after going around the keeper. But you're looking at, you're listening to the commentary and the punditry of these people and they're telling you and it's soft and it's this and it's that. But in the age and the day of VAR, things get checked. Do I think players, put it this way, I'm not against diving, right? Because diving with no contact I don't like. But when there's contact, even if it's slight, because you don't get any fucking medals for staying on your feet. And I've seen Liverpool players trying to do it, trying to stay on their feet and not get the decisions. I've seen Mo Salah getting fucking upended for five years, six years, and not getting penalties. So if you get the touch, you go down, and that's a penalty. And I have no qualms about it. But you're listening to these fucking chancers. Gary Neville. Gary, Neville, Gary, Neville's, Gary Neville's commentary last night was disgusting. Yeah, he's a hard listen. It's the, you know, this, uh, yeah, yeah. and the silence. And while, is, while he's trying his best, while he can't deny what's happening in this game because Liverpool are hopping off them. He's trying in the same way to form some sort of yeah, narrative right. for why it could go wrong for Liverpool. You know, yeah. at the same time. He's, he's, I fucking can't stand him. I thought it was disgusting last night. And like, Jono says there, Shearer had a mental breakdown. This is the same guy who praised the Englishman Calvert-Lewin for that dive against yeah. us a couple of years back that won a penalty. Like, Davo, yeah. it's like, Ian Wright, I, and I called this I called this fucking couple weeks ago, when Ian Wright rocked up where the, the four of them have fucking breakfast, right? Oh, well, and they think they're bleeding, you know, mm -hmm. they, look, they, they think that it's two Ronnies, right, sitting there, right? They think there's some sort of fucking comedy panel, right? I called it. I said, when he's when he's pulling away in the BBC here, he's going to go down the same road as all these fucking agents, and that's exactly where he's going, because he's not a bleeding wet day in Sky, and all of a sudden, he's having a go off fucking, um, he's having a go off of a player. Now I'm telling you, Ian Rice sitting in the BBC watching match today would have said, look, he gets clipped. As a forward, you get clipped, you go down. It's a mm. penalty. But yeah, now all of a sudden, they're all bleeding. They're all get, they all get the WhatsApp messages, Davo, in the group. Listen, yeah. here's the fucking narrative because they're not using their eyes, Davo. They're not no. using their eyes. They're just fucking trying to find something with an incident that will create the most hysteria and just go with it. And that's forming people's opinion, actually really forming people's opinion. Now it's, yeah, look, exactly. Look, I'm not going to be able to bring too much more to the, the news here because you was what you said is fucking spot on. Jota doesn't take penalties, yeah. he's gone around that keeper to roll it in the net and get his goal bonus and get his goal back after after injury. He obviously gets the one against Bournemouth. He, he'll obviously 
the fucking that's that currency as we were talking about with Darwin. He he wants to roll that into the net. Like he he doesn't want to dive in the ground and get a penalty. So he's clipped. And Neville's narrative with Liverpool, I thought that is because he nailed his colours to the mass with Arsenal. He he, he, yeah. went, he went for he went for Arsenal a few weeks ago to win two and at Anfield. Well, but he's, he's nailed he's, it with, he's nailed it with Man yeah. City over the last couple of years against yeah. Liverpool as well. He's actually he's decided that the team in his city that he doesn't support mm. is better off supporting than Liverpool. Mm. You know, are better off putting your eggs in that basket over the last couple of years. And now he's desperate for Arsenal to do it against City. But now watch him change the narrative again now with mm. City and Liverpool going down the final four long here. Yeah, exactly. And look. Like you said there, I'm sure that text went to the old pundits WhatsApp group here. I go, look, like he's just having a mental breakdown because it's Newcastle. That's why yeah. he is. R- 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 Ian Wright should know better for the reasons I just mentioned that he was a goal scorer. He didn't. Uh, he was a he was a killer in front of goal as well. Roy, he's gone. Like he should know. If Jota's gone around that keeper, he's round in the net. He's not jumping on the ground, mm. especially because yeah. he's not the penalty taker. So, yeah. I mean, like it's it's fucking it's just common sense and it's fucking. That it's nowhere to be seen with these fucking fellas. And look, it comes down to it as well. We've seen it for the last few years. I'll go back to that Stevens' night game against Leicester when all these fans are putting out memes, save football. It's up to you, Leicester, now to save football. Mm-hmm. We're, fucking, we're the most hated fucking team in England. Yeah. And, we get, and we get the most clicks and generate everything. Mm-hmm. And all, all them, all them fucking. Mm-hmm. All them social media people and all in there push, push that Liverpool narrative, push that Darwin Nunes narrative, push, push, push. Was it a penalty talk sport? This, that, the other fucking everything. Look, there's just no common sense. It's all for fucking clicks. Yeah. Like Jono says there, Ian Wright says, why did he go down and pass up an open goal? And Jono says, because he got fucking clipped, you donkey. If that was an Arsenal player like Saka, he'd be 100% saying that's a pen. Stefan Thomas says, the second one was never a penalty. It 100% was. <laughs> and the first one was harsh too. The first one isn't harsh. No. The first one, Luis Diaz goes Tim's by... Um, Downwall penalty. Uh, who puts the challenge in? Botman, is it? Is it Botman? Yeah, yeah, and he Botman. just comes across him and hits him. It's 100% a penalty. And the second one is 100% a penalty. He goes by the keeper. And the keeper hits him not once, but twice. He hits him with his arm and then catches him with his elbow on the way down. And yeah. it do, do you know what? If Jota doesn't go down and stands still and goes, he's had to hit me there. I had to stop running because he hit me. It's a fucking penalty. Jota tries to take the extra step and goes down. But it's a penalty. And I'm, and the thing is, right, if he goes around the goalkeeper, right, if he goes around the goalkeeper and misses it, are they pulling it back and saying, sorry, no. <laughs> I know you've missed that chance well look, look, let me put it to this way if a ball comes into the box and a fella gets a push and heads a white and all of a sudden referee doesn't give it and VAR go oh, you missed something there your man's had to just fucking pushing him completely pushing him while he tried to while he tried to score there that's a penalty right the same with Jota they go back and look at that footage they go he's had to hit him once not once but twice I know he's missed but it's a penalty he's actually stopped him like I seen someone last night trying to say that there should be a law brought in successful, um, like deceiving of a match official. <laughs> you should be there should be some retrospective retrospective action. punishment it's for uh, mad stuff. Stop. People aren't using their eyes. No, no people they're aren't, they're simply they're aren't using their fucking eyes. And they're and they're do you know what's mad. worse? Do you know what's worse? You can get you can get Gary Neville and Ian Roy and Alan Shearer and Roy Kane and Carragher, whoever, and they'll all do this. And as far as I'm concerned. They're all just play, they literally think they're on stage playing a fucking in, in an you know, this is act one mm. of this 
you know, show that they're putting on because that's what it feels like. It feels like it's scripted every time they come on. Who's playing? What's the fucking narrative? Boom, that's what we're going to push it. Regardless of what goes on the pitch, we just keep pushing this narrative, right? But the worst thing is, is the people that listen to them and then literally regurgitate word for word what these people are saying. So these people are not using their eyes in any way or just calling it for what it is. And then other people are taking it and running with it. Do you know what I mean? It's abs- It just absolutely does me fucking head in. And I don't know, maybe I, maybe it's my own fault. I should have, I should have muted it last night. I should have, I should have muted I should have found the American stream, but I believe Martin Tyler might have been on the American stream. Yeah, I turned, um, and Martin Tyler and Andy Town, it was horrendous. Andy yeah. Townsend and Martin oh, Tyler. Andy Townsend. It was horrific. Wow, and they, by the way, they were willing in fucking Newcastle chances as well. Yeah. But so it was, it, it, maybe it's, maybe it's my, maybe it's my fault for doing that. But I just, I was watching social media last night and I was like, are these people actually for real? You know? Yeah. Actually, for the like. meltdown on social media by certain accounts and look, Newcastle fans, I think, are you know, they they have this vendetta with Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp. Um, they're forcing a rivalry that shouldn't really be there. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of that. I said, like I said, I've been playing arguing with Newcastle fans all day. Well, that's, far like, that's, that's far wins and the bounce, isn't it? Against yeah. them, the double over the last few seasons. I remember last mm-hmm. season having arguments with them because they were saying that Nick Pope shouldn't have been sent off. And it all stemmed from Eddie Howe saying he doesn't know the rules if that's a red card. He handled the ball 35 yards out from goal. And, said there was, and, and at the same time, Which, by the way, I, I, sorry, just on that one, Eddie Howe arrives out after the game and says, Ah, oh, look, he goes down, um, but we have men behind the ball. There's nobody yeah. behind Nick Pope when he yeah. handles the ball. Nobody. There's a fella 25 yards square of him. Nobody yeah. behind and the ball. And it's Mo Salah, by the way, that's running through. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Howe was carrying on as if his back four were standing on the line. Yeah. You know, the sort of way. But the real is, your keeper comes out and hands it outside the box. It doesn't matter how many players are behind him, he gets fucking sent off. Simple Listen, as that. New, look at Newcastle, have, like, they've tasted that success, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The fucking, they, they got the tip in and now it's gone. Now they got fucking kicked yeah. back out, you know what I mean? Like they, it's fucking, and they know they're, they're miles away from getting back into it. Like they, like, they're, they're behind, look, they're behind Man United this year, isn't they? That's how fucking bad they've been. Yeah. And um, they're, they're probably a mile off fucking uh, getting back to like Champions League football or, or uh, Etc. So Cent- I think that, that they're just fucking fuming over it. Yeah. yeah. Centurion says Begman and Champion were going on NBC. Oh, I didn't know. Couldn't that. find them. Yeah, Jerry says Newcastle are desperate for relevance. Uh, True Jordy blew a blew a gasket. Says Derek. Oh, this is the the guy on YouTube. Oh, that fatty Egypt. Yeah. 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 He, isn't that the really lad that good. isn't that the lad that start calling people? Fucking bombers or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Don't, yeah even, so, don't even give him the. Yeah, so you're better off just not watching him. Up. Yeah, no, simple as that. No, don't um, give him the YouTube clicks. If you put a yeah, video he's, pro- he's probably trying to build back up after that. Yeah. Um, slip of the don't tongue, I presume, clicks. is he? Yeah, yeah. fair yeah. enough. Um, hacked. He was probably hacked. None of our business. Anyway, um, let me see. Are you seriously not going to comment on True George's discussing rant about Klopp? No. Um, that's what I, he wants. Because that's what he wants. Yeah, you know, does, does anyone in this chat think Klopp is a, a horrible person or a disgusting human being like this fella claims? Well, no. Jürgen Klopp is meant to be a disgusting human being, just quickly on that. And one of the biggest, I would say one of the biggest viewed videos of the year um, from Liverpool Football Club and probably across all of the football clubs this year is Jürgen Klopp welcoming a young man from Monaghan um, mm. to uh, the Access Centre, spending plenty of time with the family himself, walking him around personally walking him around, pushing this lad around in his wheelchair, meeting all the staff and all the team, um, sitting down, chatting with him, having a laugh, you know, the whole lot. 
and Jurgen Klopp is meant to be a disgusting person. Yeah. You know, but this this is what you're up against. This yeah. this fella is sitting there and making these sorts of things. And do you know what he's sitting there doing? He's sitting there thinking, I've nothing to fucking say on this game. So what I'll do is I'll change, turn the narrative straight away. Four and clicks. that's exactly what he's doing. Actually, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's backed it up. I wouldn't be surprised if he's backed it up with something else today about Jurgen Klopp. Oh, he did. Um, he put a video out Well, there you go. So, yeah, okay. Um, less said about cabbage. him. Cabbage. Absolute um, cabbage. Yeah, less said about him. He's not, he, he should be nobody's business. Let's be honest yeah. about it. He should be absolutely nobody's business. Um, <coughs> we better go. Davo, look at Davo. Look at Davo. He's fucking up in the minutes. I know him. I know him. Yeah. Um, Getting up in 20 minutes. 20 minutes. He's up in 20 minutes. Anyway, uh, before we go, Keith, anything else? No, no, good to be back at a bit of normality, you know, into after the old Christmas. But I love Christmas, I love the break, I love, you know, the sessions and things like that. Um, but I'm glad now to be on the other side of it, you know what mm. I mean? So, yeah, good. Back down pods and things like that. So, yeah, happy days. All good. Okay. Do you have anything else before we go? No, no, just enjoy that last night. It was a... Uh... Fuck! I love I love waking up for work when I have to win the game, Gaff. Yeah, yeah. I love I fucking love it. And on yeah. the flip side, it's horrible when we fucking down. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to go Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a good performance as well. Good, like, good so it wasn't just against, a win. Like, yeah. Look at against the side that have some quality players that are struggling yeah. at the minute, but they have they have plenty of quality through uh, the squad. But yeah, love that win yesterday. Back to a bit of normality. Just ruined the weekend with this fucking stupid FA Cup. But look, oh, stop. That's it. Yeah, um, Chris Baxter. Chris Baxter's quest for the pound chat. What is your cut off date when you stop saying Happy New Year to people? I'll take this because we, <laughs> we could go another hour. I think it's the cut off time is the first day back in school because What's then, yeah, 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 because then you've met everyone, you know. Yeah, who else are you fucking meeting? I think when you go back to the first day in school, you're dropping the kids down, oh, Happy New Year, and then it stops. That's it. So, Monday morning, next Monday morning, cut off, enough's enough. Um, yeah, so that's that's how I think it is, Chris. If anyone wants to dis, uh, disagree with me, lash it in the comments afterwards. Um, I'll read them and I'll get, I'll get back to you. I'll, I'll oh, yeah. Do you hear Curtis Jones is going to Arsenal? Yeah, I heard that, yeah. Um, mm. Arsenal have rang Shame. Liverpool and said, yeah, can, can we have Curtis Jones? He wants to live down south. He wants to live down south. Listen, uh, listen any, any time you read a transfer thing and it has AFC Camden written on the end of it, where <laughs> the yeah, I think yeah. I think you're safe enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you'll be all right. Good lad, Curtis. Anyway, enjoy London. Uh, <laughs> let me see. That is it. Um, we're out of here. Uh, the 30 show back in the morning for members. It is back tomorrow at 10 a.m. We should have Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I'm going. I'm trying to line up a couple of shows for Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday night. We'll see how many we can get. We will be back for Arsenal at the weekend, and then. It's another fucking break, isn't there? We, 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 I don't know what we'll be doing. We'll go, oh, Matt has a quiz. Matt has a football quiz done. We'll definitely get that on board. We'll try to get a draft in. Um, yeah, we do, we do as much as we can, but we're back. We're absolutely back. We'll try to do something tomorrow night. We'll towards the night, whatever we can do. We will do it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for downloading. If you download later on, don't forget the link is in the description for the new char charity fundraiser that we have going. It's going to be great. We're going to get well over 10 grand. We're going to have a great day out at the end of it as well. And um, through our work and your support, both those those um, organisations are going to benefit massively. That has been The Talking Cop. We'll talk to you soon. Over and out.
Social Podcast Network.